The Pat Kenny Show with MasterCard. Share an extraordinary experiences all over the world with priceless cities at priceless.com. This is News Talk. Uh, Pete the Vet, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to see you again. Um, People who have animals feel very sad for their animals when the weather gets cold or whether it's rainy or, you know, well, in storms you would actually take action to make sure if they were outdoors that they were safe. But now as the winter kicks in, uh, what should people be doing? I think you have to take responsibility for your pets. In fact, you're legally obliged to take responsibility for your pets for your pets under the Animal well- Health and Welfare Bill. You have to make sure they're comfortable. And that means you can't just put them out the backyard and forget about them all day long. So um, you have to make sure that they have access to shelter, to somewhere that's uh, dry, comfortable and draft-free. So um, I know some people do leave their pets outside a lot. They do. And that's, we can't deny that. Um, Think about all the farmyard collies. They have they, they they spend a lot of time outside. But farmers will make sure that they have an outhouse or a very snug kennel, somewhere they can go to to get good shelter. And it's really important that every animal gets that. Cats are unusual because, mm. yes, there are indoor cats and who really, really love being indoors, but there are outdoor cats. Mm. Uh, um, and you try to tell a cat to sleep in a kennel and you see how quickly you'll find that kennel rejected. Yeah, well, cats are very different, obviously, and most cats are indoor-outdoor. So, But I think they're very good at finding their own place, um, whether it's a boiler house somewhere or a greenhouse or cats generally disappear and we don't know where they go to but you can presume they do find somewhere snug and if they want to get back inside but you have to be sure that you're there to let them inside I would say that these days we seem to see more and more of these storm mornings and if there is a storm morning out there I think you should make sure that nearly all pets should be brought actually properly indoors away from the storm because even if they have some sort of kennel outside it's not good enough if there's going to be winds and rain battering down you know they need to be somewhere that's properly sheltered well we, we've had an increase in the types of storm that would actually possibly destroy mm. a kennel and if it yeah. destroys the kennel nothing good happens to the animal inside and a lot of dogs especially have a terrible fear as well of wind i think they're more sensitive than we are to changes in pressure and to noise so if 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 we if we think it's a bit whoa frightening out there for a dog it would be absolutely terrifying so i think the the answer is that if in doubt bring them indoors indeed have a den indoors that's away from the the windows and doors ideally something like a cupboard under the stairs where you put the dog's bed and put the radio on in there and then they can be completely insulated from storms i i, I always find it fascinating for people to leave radios on for the animals because you're sitting there going it's not like they understand if they're listening to me right now well most people <laughs> listening to me right now probably don't understand me either uh, because of the nonsense I come out with but if a dog is listening does the dog get comfort from well, the fact no, the radio's the, turned on? I guess there's two things first of all there is evidence that certain types of music I'm afraid not your voice but certain types of music <laughs> thanks Pete um, certain types of music are very soothing to animals and they, they try playing different stuff and they know that some types of music classical music especially um, makes animals feel more relaxed but more than that I think any sound and that includes your voice tends to drown out back, other background sounds like like clattering outside or wind blowing outside and um, what about the smaller things the rabbits and the guinea pigs yeah I feel particularly sorry for these creatures because I think they are often left outside too much in the winter months and you do hear about them being found dead in their in, in their hutches and that's just terrible. So what you should do is little animals like that, I'd really suggest you bring them indoors, some sort of indoor area for the for all the winter months. So, so whether that's an, a, 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 a utility room or a 
conservatory or a, or a garage, somewhere where they're actually away from the wind blowing and the rain landing on, on their run. Um, the only pets we have in our house at the moment are the fish who are all happily alive thankfully mm. but every now and then you do have to go and replenish the stocks of the filters at the fish food so I, I enjoy going to the pet store mm. but I look around the pet store going good God there's an awful lot of ways to spend money um, you, you can lose the run in yourself um, a dog yeah. does a dog necessarily need a coat? Some dogs do actually I've got a little dog called Kiko she's, she's very small only about 5 kilograms and she's got a very short coat what that means is that she's got a very large surface area for her body weight so she loses weight she loses heat very very quickly indeed and she actually doesn't want to go outside when it's cold outside but if you put a coat on her she's happy to go outside so they're not stupid they're very much like us in some ways and they realise that if they go out without a coat on they're going to get cold and miserable so there are dogs where a coat makes a big difference I'm not talking about Chanel or 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 little false diamonds you don't need that stuff do you know but a warm coat there's a brand called Equifleece which is kind of like you know that kind of polar material stuff that, yeah. that that's insulating um, you can get those and you can get insulated ones and of other types and you can also get waterproof coats there's another really good one um, called, which is which is a kind of a, a drying a drying coat so if you take your dog for a run you put this drying coat on them afterwards like it's doggy toweling and then it, it dries them very quickly while they travel home is, the is there not a problem though that like if, if you know the other night I went for a walk and I had mm. a, a jumper and a coat and it was actually one of the mild nights when after the storm so it was about 14 degrees so obviously all of a sudden I found myself really really hot yes. and I have the wherewithal to take off my coat if yes. that happens to the poor mother they don't know why they're feeling so terrible I- yeah, I mean, I think you have to keep an eye on them and make sure they look comfortable. I mean, I think if if you couldn't take off your coat, if you were made to sit there with your coat on, you'd start to get a bit red in the face, a bit, maybe a bit out of breath, a yeah. bit flustered looking. And somebody who was looking after you might say, ah, oh, you're looking, you're not looking so good now. Maybe I should take your coat off. So we have to apply that principle to dogs. We have to care for them. Uh, Carol has a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, should I put a jumper or a coat on my Shih Tzu while walking? It, dep- it depends. The Shih Tzus are actually got very nice long coats. So there are plenty of Shih Tzus that's been nicely insulated. But if your Shih Tzu's been trimmed, so it's got really short um, haircut, would definitely a little coat make a big difference. Um, now, many questions have come in. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete, how can you get a one-year-old golden cocker to use a kennel? Proper cocker spaniel kennel? What's a proper cocker spaniel kennel? I, <laughs> Is there one in the shape of a cocker spaniel? It sounds like somebody's done a good marketing job yeah, there. Yeah, it's just for a few hours in the morning while I'm at work. Uh, have the same bedding as the house bed. I've put toys and treats in it, but no joy. I'm presuming it's a kennel that the dog can come out of and have a wander around. Of course, that's what it sounds like. I mean, it's very hard. Like It's like you can offer a horse water, but you can't make it drink. Mm. But So with the dog, you can get them a lovely kennel, but you can't actually force them in there. In fact, if you force them in there, you'll make it worse because they'll be frightened because you're, they're doing something they don't want to do. The best you can do is to make it as pleasant as possible to go in there, which is what you've obviously been doing. But if you can take the roof off the kennel, that can help sometimes just to make it a normal place to be. And 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 then do you, you put must, the roof back on? Uh, yeah, afterwards, once they're used to it. And you, obviously, you, you said you put toys and treats in it, but what about feeding the dog in it at night time? That's the kind of thing you should do. Um, your dog obviously wants to eat once a day or twice a day. So instead of feeding them in the normal place, try feeding them in the kennel. So when they're hungry, they'd be more motivated to go in there. And once they're in there, they'll probably discover it's not so bad after all. Bridget says, my little dog is 16. So obviously that's a good age for a mm-hmm. dog. Uh, but now does a wee anywhere... Um, help what can we do so obviously that's an age related thing unfortunately it's it's one of the bigger challenges is that um, older dogs do become 
incontinent, both urine and faeces sometimes. And I think for the last six months or a couple of years of a dog's life, sometimes you're you're, you're carrying that burden. Um, I would go to your vet and talk to them. Because it, it may be a physical thing. There can be medical reasons. So, for example, a dog with diabetes will produce much more urine and so will piddle more often. Um, and there's plenty of other diseases also that can cause a similar thing. Um, so make sure that the, the dog is actually fully healthy. And once you've done that, then it's down to practicalities. You can get puppy training pads, which are kind of like human incontinence pads that go on the ground, and perhaps confine, confining him to a smaller part of the house with, with some of those on the ground. That's the sort of thing you might have to do. Uh, dear Dresden County Meath, um, I really need Pete's help. She says, my dog is paralysed with fear when we go out walking. Every time he sees a bus, he sits on the ground and refuses to move. Even if he doesn't see them coming, he's looking for them. He's now even refusing to walk on certain routes. We are limited where we live. There are lots of buses around. He's full of anxiety. I don't know what to do. He's a three and a half year old cockapoo. Please help Pete. That sounds like there may have been a traumatic incident in the dog's past, yeah, doesn't it? Bang on, Exactly. At some stage, a bus must have got very close to that dog and given it a really big fright. And since then, he's left with this emotional fear. So to get over that is complex and you really need professional help here. The dog may need some medication to make it less anxious in the short term. And you have to undergo a kind of exercise that's known as desensitization. Um, and and counter conditioning. I mean, so, you can't you so, can't rock up to a bus station and expect the dog to like the buses. But there is no, a way, presumably, well, whereby you can introduce buses well, slowly. You'd find a first of all, you go out on lots of walks where there's no buses within sight at all. And once your dog is happy going out for walks again, you would then choose a place where there is a bus in the far distance now and again, and and you would just stay there far, far away so your dog can perhaps see the bus but doesn't feel in any way threatened from it. And then as time goes on, you move a little bit closer methodically, gradually, and and rewarding the dog all the time for behaving behaving in a calm and relaxed way. But I do think you need professional help with this. It's very hard to do it yourself. You need to talk to somebody who's done this many times before with other dogs and they'll be able to show you the ropes. Amy, good morning, Amy. I put a tree up this week. At, oh, Christmas tree. Uh, yes, it is the ultimate playground for my one-year-old cat. Yeah, cats and trees don't end well. Uh, he jumps into the tree, knocks off all of my baubles. Not a one of them left. Uh, I am worried that he will get his eyes hurt from the branches. I wouldn't be worried about his eyes. <laughs> I'd be more worried about the cat's future if I was you, Amy. Um, is there anything they can do apart from taking down the tree? I think it's very difficult. I don't think your cat's going to get injured, frankly. I mean, you know... This sort of thing happens a lot, um, and most of these bauble-type decorations are designed not to create really nasty, sharp edges because they've got to be safe for humans as well as for animals. So um, I think you just have to use common sense. I I, I think that it makes... It does... It's wise, perhaps, to confine a cat so they can't get too near um, a tree because they do love it. It's what cats do we, naturally. Well, we, we had kittens who did this a lot, uh, knocking down trees. Yeah. You know, a little bit of tough love doesn't go astray either that I, you can impart upon the cat that this is not the done thing. Well, I, I think it's difficult to do that because they love doing it so much. Yeah. I think a better approach would be to get something, believe it or not, called a cat tree. And what what this is is this it's, just sounds expensive, Pete. It, it, well, it's expensive enough, but it's a lifelong it's a lifelong investment. They're quite big. They're actually almost as big as oh, Christmas I, trees. You know, yes, the things they can climb up and yeah. scratch and have fun with. Yes, they, they, they've got multiple platforms, hidey holes, um, scratching posts, but they've got quite high. They've got six foot or more. And you, so your cat can run up and down those. They can sit up high, look down the, on the world. They love that. Mm. And if you do that, that's going to mimic 
a Christmas tree in a cat's eyes. It doesn't have lights on it. <laughs> <laughs> you can add lights. You can add lights. You can make, make a Christmas cat tree. How about that? Um, Mark says, can you ask Pete about her seven-year-old Moggy? She has been coughing with little dry retch spasms once or twice a day. These go on for two minutes or so. We thought it was fur balls, but nothing comes up, um, which would have been my first instinct as well. Mm. Um, should we take her to a vet? I think you should do. It's not normal for a cat to do that. And one of the common reasons for that is if a cat, let's say a cat goes outside, eats some grass, sometimes that makes them sick. And when they're sick, sometimes a little bit of grass, or a stem or a leaf, gets stuck at the back of the nose. And that can cause them to cough and choke. Uh, it's very easy to fix if you can find a little bit of grass. But without removing that, the cat's not going to get better. So that's an example of one of the things that might be wrong here. So I, I do think it's worth talking to Yvette about this one. Uh, Des is in Kildare. Good morning, Des. I have a 13-year-old German shepherd who's off her food for two days. Any advice? Go to the vet. Two days is too long. Is it? Yeah. Because I would have said two days. You know, if I'm off mm. my food for two days, it's not unusual. As if long he stopped as eating completely for if, two well, days. Well, no, I mean, I probably, I don't know if he stopped eating completely, but if you're off your food, you might nibble and maybe have a little bit of a drink, but that could mm. be a dicky tummy. But you're saying no, definitely in, get in, a check. In the animal world, if an animal stops eating for two days, definitely need to be checked out. The vet may, may examine the dog and say, look, all is well. On the other hand, it can be a sign of something serious going on inside. Um, when we have visitors calling to our house our Jack Russell who's five years old goes crazy ripping his bed up constantly barking it seems as she is jealous it's very embarrassing what can I do is it jealousy or excitement it's excitement and territoriality Terriers have a strong protective instinct of the house and what he's doing is he's redirecting his excitement and aggression towards the strangers to his bed which is better than redirecting it towards the strangers well it is but it's still not great Um, it's very difficult to deal with this kind of problem again it's down to a professional behaviour somebody who really knows about animal behaviour sitting down with you for half an hour and going through every aspect of exactly what prompts this and then sorting it out as an example there may be a doorbell that sets the dog off so you could literally disconnect the doorbell and that's one way that it could, it could help things in the short term One last quick one from Patrick I've heard a rumour I will have to apply on a yearly basis to renew my dog's passport is there any truth in this? Not every, not at the moment no um, the, the, the rabies vaccine you need to keep it current usually is only needs to be given every three years um, but I would check with your vet if you're in, in any doubt about that. Okay, very yeah. good.